0: Welcome to the Animal Rescue Podcast, what you always wanted to know but didn't know who to ask. We will be talking with different people throughout the animal rescue world, finding answers to the questions you've been wondering. Alright, hello Anthony, thank you for joining me on the Animal Rescue Podcast. Um, I want to learn more about... What it's like being an animal control officer. Um, first of all, how did you get into this line of work?
1: I actually got a phone call from the director. That used to be here, I said, "Hey, been talking to some people about you, and heard you had gotten laid off, or are you interested in a job." So I just come and applied.
0: Had you done anything with animals before this? Never. Really? Nothing. So what what drew you to it then?
1: I love animals. I mean, I okay. like. I've had always had dogs, cats, yeah. so. I just thought it'd be a good job to get into, it seemed kind of fun at the time.
0: Interesting. What um, What are some of the most important reasons, like I know you, you get inundated with calls that run the gamut, so what are some reasons that people should call animal control, um, or what are signs that people can look for to maybe think, okay, maybe this animal is being neglected or abused, you know, how can people
1: The key signs are usually skinny dogs, an injured dog that you've noticed in a neighbor in your neighbor's yard that's several weeks going on that the injury's been there, or just common neglect, like people beating with them sticks and that type of stuff. And we get a lot of calls on that. So and, and that's the quickest way to, to decide if you really want to call or not. It's just keep an eye on monitor the animal for a few days and make sure that something's actually going on.
0: Yeah. Like I know in Alabama or at least In our county, um, there are some ordinances for, like, tethering and shelter and things like that, Um, and I've heard that it's hard to get even, like, police to follow through with calls because it's such a fine line of, it's just barely enough uh, shelter, or they maybe have a bowl of water, but it's not that clean, but it's still... It counts as
1: right what everybody does is everybody that has a dog or cat they usually go to the i could like to call the bare minimum they do it the least that they have to do to be legal and the problem with colbert county is is you've got you've got the county and four and three cities actually which when i say the county it covers leeton littleville cherokee then all the county roads in between and then you have Sheffield, Tuscumbia, Muscle Shoals. The problem is Sheffield and Muscle Shoals have a no tethering law which means you can't tie your dogs out and in the city of Tuscumbia and out in the county you can tie your dog out. So there's where we have to cross that road too and then like the other issue is you know they have to have fresh water 24-7 fed at least once a day and that's another issue you know we get cost to say well they're not feeding their dog. We get there the dog's 90 pounds and they work you know 3 to 11 so they're feeding their dog at midnight when they get home mm. so we get those calls a lot too yeah
0: so what's it like when you go out on calls like that
1: when we go out on the one where we know the animals being neglected or we feel like it's neglected the first thing we do is we check with the owner because sometimes the owner's just struggling financially or it's an elderly person that has to decide hey can I carry my dog to the vet or do I need to eat this week you know yeah. and when we do that we kind of step in and help these people and then we go to the houses where the people literally have put it on a chain in the backyard and nobody can see it and they just don't feed it and it's starving to death. You know, it's a body condition score of a two, you know, which is near death. And that's how you make those decisions. You have to go and you know, talk to the people and find out what's actually going on.
0: So what's the body condition score?
1: The body condition score tells you how on the dog's health, it's a body condition score, a nine is obese and a one is pretty much dead. And the perfect condition score is usually a four and a half to a five. If you've got a dog in that area, that's pretty per, you yeah, That's perfect. Then the lower the body condition score, the closer to death I like to say the dog is. Yeah. yeah. We deal with a lot of dogs um, that are, have been a, a one, one and a half, or two. We've had several come through here that we've gotten back to health. That's been that bad.
0: Yeah, I've seen them. It's it's intense.
1: Yeah, it's just bad.
0: When you go out on calls, where you know maybe the owner is feeding the dog at midnight, and so people don't actually see it what are those calls like are the owners usually pretty understanding
1: they are most of the time owners are understanding and and you know and the hardest part of this job is when you go out and and you tell the neighbor where they're feeding the dog and they're like well I, no they're not I, they haven't been here in two weeks you know in two weeks the dog's gonna be about dead mm-hmm. you know no food no water i think it's about seven days for water and one can last probably about three weeks without actually being fed so that's the hard part is convincing the neighbor, hey, the dog weighed 90 pounds last week and it weighs 90 pounds this week. Somebody's feeding this dog. Because so we get that call a lot, well, my neighbor's been gone for two weeks, hadn't seen nobody over there. That dog is starving to death. And you get there and the dog weighs 90 pounds, you know, yeah. and you're like, and the neighbor says, I feed it every night at midnight when I get home. Mm-hmm. Most of those people are pretty calm. We deal with some that become irate because I can't tell them who called to complain in yeah so that's all that's where most people get irate at is when you don't, can't tell them who complained on them
0: so they can't go back to them and say hey why'd you right yeah um what do you think people would be most shocked to learn about your job
1: shocked to learn I think some of the stuff that I've seen that, that, that they that you tell them about and they think you, that they don't believe it I mean I've seen some pretty horrible things I mean you know I've seen dogs you know dead on chains I've seen dogs with um Arrows through them, I you know, Ugh. yes, I've seen you know, I've seen them hit by cars, completely ripped in two, and still alive. I mean, oh I've my goodness, them, yeah, I've seen a lot. Seen them, seen one in Cherokee that somebody had set on fire, just to see it run through the woods. Yeah. Oh my
0: goodness. So
1: that that's the tough stuff that people really don't. Unless you see it, mm-hmm. it's hard to it's hard to picture. It's hard to believe, and you know, and, and you you don't get used to it. Mm-hmm. You just you just learn how to deal with it. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. How do you deal with it?
1: I try to forget it when I go home because I've got nine of my own, and three birds, and two <laughs> oh bearded goodness. dragons. Yeah, so you know, you just try to forget about it, and move on.
0: Yeah, and
1: sometimes it's hard,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: because you sit around sometimes and think about it, or what could I have done different to save this dog? You, you know, and it, but you do beat yourself up a lot. Yeah.
0: What, what's uh, what's the court system like for dealing with people who abuse and neglect dogs here?
1: It's difficult, you know. With the COVID thing, it's really difficult because sometimes uh, it takes you a year or two years to get them in court now. Mm. And the hardest part is, is our laws are so, I guess, lax. You know, there's not a whole lot of consequences in anything they do. You know, most of the time it's a slap on the hand. They can't have a dog for two years and we turn them loose. Or we decide, you know what, we're going to put them on probation and do this and that. You know, and, and there's, there's really no consequences because what they do is... They get convicted in Colbert County of animal cruelty, all they do is go to Franklin County, get a dog. Nobody knows them, and if they turn them in, odds of Colbert, or, you know, the odds of going and checking on that dog again, and them calling down here and saying, hey, does so-and-so actually own, you know, we never get that. And it's just it's pretty much a slap on the hand to move on.
0: Yeah, what what would it take to get that stuff changed?
1: Legislature, we need to get our laws stricter. Our laws need to be stiffened where when we get these people in court, the punishment's there. Mm-hmm. there's no debating it hey it's uh the punishment is this for this crime it's non-debatable end of story this is what's gonna happen to you this is the fine this is the jail time and you're not getting out of it you know there's not well my lawyer can go in and negotiate for me yeah you know a year if it says a year in jail that person has to go sit a year in jail for doing it
0: yeah are there a lot of people that do have lawyers that get them off
1: they don't necessarily get them off, but yeah, they can get a they get the fine lowered, the penalties lowered. You know, they get them out of the jail time. In ten years, I've I've had I've had four people actually that's had to actually serve jail time for animal neglect in four years or in ten years, excuse me.
0: In ten years, four people. Yes,
1: and um, a lot of people say, "Well, you've never lost a case." You're right. I've never went into the judge said, "Well, this guy's not guilty," but to me you know, when they've starved a dog to death and the findings being $200 plus court costs and a slap on the hand, two years animal probation, which basically means for two years they can't own an animal. I mean, how's that justice for the dog, the cat, or whatever they've starved to death?
0: Right, and even how is that enforceable?
1: It's not because, you know, we have to monitor that. Uh, Two years ago, I had a guy starve two cows to death. After being bashed by Senator Stutz and some other local farmers, we got him in court finally, and the, all the felonies went away, and he got a slap on the hand. I think it's fine, ended up being five hundred dollars, and they turned him loose.
0: That's ridiculous. Yes, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and I know right now they're trying to get legislation through to just add a bare minimum of what shelter means in Alabama, and
1: oh correct, the, yeah. the farmers
0: are fighting that, or they the farmers' don't. federation, excuse me.
1: Yeah, because they don't see they don't want that involved. Because like going back to the to the cow case. The first thing they hit me with is, "Well, they're gonna bring the Cattlemen's Association in to represent them." I said, "Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever." Yeah, you know. But the sad part about it is it's a simple thing. Shelter is pretty much four sided structure with a roof. I mean, how hard is that? Mm-hmm. You know. But they don't want that because a lot of people try to use metal barrels they don't realize yeah. metal conducts the, the, oh the, my when you talk in a metal barrel and it's 10 degrees outside it's 10 below inside that barrel but you know you mm-hmm. can't beat that in people's heads
0: Right.
1: you know like right now we're dealing with the issue we've got um let me say it like this we've got all these so-called animal heroes That's what I like to call them this is the people that goes door to door and they can understand they'll call me and say hey this dog's in this kennel it's got a doghouse but it's right in the middle of somebody's yard can you make them put a tarp on? Them? No, I can suggest it. If the law doesn't specify that, I can't enforce that. So we do suggest yeah. tarps over kennels, but you know, if the law doesn't specify that, we can't enforce it. And that's that's another part about this job people don't understand. Because me and you ag- agree on something, and we both know it's wrong. If it doesn't say in that law book, it's wrong. There's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. We have to move on and eat that, and of course we get destroyed for that too.
0: Yeah. So, one thing that I didn't realize when I started volunteering here is that you guys actually there's a board that runs or that oversees the shelter. That's correct. So, how does that work?
1: It's a board of directors. What it is, it's uh, the mayor from each of the three major cities, which is Tuscany, Mossos, Sheffield, one member from the county commission, and then a citizen at large and the director. How that works is any decisions financial and that type of stuff made has to be made by that board like um if we need a the parking lot needs to be repaved that board makes that decision on whether we're going to repave the parking lot or we're not or if um, we're going to give somebody a raise if judy that somebody deserves a raise just get all that approved by the board so that's kind of how that works you know
0: you may or may not be able to answer this question. How easy or difficult is it to to have a board? I mean, do they come in and see the day-to-day operations? I mean, how involved are they?
1: They're not, no, I don't care to answer. (laughs) They're not, um, 10 years, I've had one mayor from one city, he's no longer a mayor, he's been in the shelter probably 10 times. When some things went south uh, about 10 years ago, he was the first one through the door to help resolve the problem. Had a couple of county commissioners come in just to swell their chest up and say, hey, I'm a county commissioner, you're going to do this. But as far as them coming in and saying, hey, give me a a walk through your facility, let's take a look, what needs to be updated, is there anything we can do? We never get that. I feel like our board of directors is a a a once-a-month deal. We go in, they worry about animal control for an hour and a half the third Friday of every month, and then we move on. Uh, We have a lady on there, uh, the citizen at large, her name is Miss Howard. She genuinely loves the animals and she's really involved. She calls and she comes by all the time. Now she comes by since the COVID, she's got some medical issues, but since the COVID she hasn't came as much, but she used to come by probably once, twice a month, walk through and take a look, you know, but uh, said, so no, we're just a um, area where we're gonna, you know, on the third Friday of each month, we have to worry about the animal control for an hour and a half. A lot of times they try to get us out of there, you know, in less than an hour so we can move on to the next thing. So
0: how do they know what needs to be done here?
1: Well, Judy, who is the director, she makes a list of things like what needs to be done, and we carry that to the meeting, and we discuss it, and most of the time it's always, we'll table it for the next meeting, we'll table it for the next meeting. You know, we re- um, really, Winkle and Judy and myself sit down and re- re- have rewritten all the ordinances for the three major cities and the county. This happened almost two years ago. It's been handed out to the lawyers several times, and we're still waiting for these ordinances to be approved so we can put them into effect so everybody will be on united on one set of ordinances. Right now, I work off seven different sets of ordinances.
0: Oh my goodness. I had no idea. Yes. Seven different sets. Mm-hmm. So, what's the boundary for those? I mean, is it county roads? Is it
1: We have a okay. What happens is is Tuscambia, Muscle Shoals, and Sheffield, they all have their own set of ordinances. They're pretty close, but there's a lot of there's some differences in them. Then the county has a set that all these little cities should fall under the umbrella, but then these three other little cities have their little set that they want to use. So basically we're we're serving, like for example, okay, Tuscumbia, Sheffield Muscle Shoals all has a leash law. If you have your dog outside and it's off your property, you have to have it on a leash. So you can't have it running at large. The county has an ordinance that says a containment law, which says you have to keep your dog contained on your property at all times, however measurements you have to do that. But then you have one of these little, little towns that's in the county that has an ordinance that states your dog can't be running at large if it's been deemed vicious by your chief of police or if it's a female in season, which pretty much means you can open your door and your dog can just run the area. And that's how it's written up. What? Yes, ma'am. And they're changing those things because
0: yeah. they have
1: new mayors and the chief of police, so they're real good people. So they're, they're trying to change some of that stuff. But that's what we deal with right now. You know, there again, it falls back on animal control because we go out and we do the job, and then they say, well, this is what our ordinance states. And, you know, so we're, baiting, we're beating our heads against the wall when we, and when we go to places like that.
0: Yeah. I thought there were actual containment laws just throughout. I didn't realize that it was just kind of some areas have basically a free for all
1: well they do see in these three cities the three smaller cities you have to have a a population of five thousand or more and they don't hit nowhere that so they technically fall under the county's umbrella because they okay. the county pays for them they don't pay no money into it but what happens is they still want to use their little ordinances in their little towns and it makes it hard you know
0: yeah
1: because uh, right now like I'm going to Sheffield just approved for me to be able to write tickets for running at large and tethering. So starting May the 1st, we'll write tickets for that. I think Muscle Shows is going to follow suit, but in these in the county, if I write a ticket in the county, they pretty much just throw it out and we go on. So it's, it's you know, you waste your time to go out there and write somebody a, a ticket in the county because when, when it makes it a judge, they usually just throw it out and we move on. So that, that you know, it's like I said, you go right back to button your head against so the wall.
0: Yeah. I can't believe a judge would just throw that out. Yeah. That makes no sense to me. It doesn't. And we got
1: some good judges, but you know, of course, you know, and we, we got a pretty good system. But the thing of it is, is when you get into that courtroom, they go directly back to the law book, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I understand that's how they have to do it. They can't just do it because they love animals, you know. They can't. Because right. if they could push judgment, sentence, and all that, we have a lot of people spend a lot of time in jail.
0: Yeah. So really, it comes back to making sure that legislation is current Correct. and strict enough.
1: Yeah, we got to get it. If we don't get it stricter in this area, and what's scary is, is me and Judy talk about it all the time. We're probably never going to see it in our lifetime. I'm hoping my grandkids see it one day. Okay. I don't know that we. I don't. You know. I don't know that we'll ever see it in our lifetime.
0: Yeah, it's so unfortunate. hmm
1: Because our animals deserve so much better.
0: hmm Yeah, I noticed when we moved here the. Overall culture is very much, you know, animals are property. They're not sentient beings. They're not, they don't have rights. Um, That's
1: correct. Yeah, animals are considered property in Alabama. Yeah. They're They're not your companions. And it's frustrating because if you own an animal in Alabama, it's your property. So you can take your fine, healthy dog out, shoot it in the head, you just have a dead dog.
0: Oh my goodness! But then, it, but
1: it, what's funny about that? Though, but if your neighbor shoots your dog in the head and kills it, it's a felony. It's aggravated animal cruelty, and I, 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 you know. And even with me doing this job, it's hard to wrap your head around that. You know? Yeah,
0: it's so hypocritical. Yeah,
1: it's like I don't want my dog anymore. No I'll just shoot it. But my neighbor shoots my dog. He's gonna get locked up for a felony animal cruelty.
0: That's ridiculous. So, yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. So it's hard to wrap your yeah. head around the thing, Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then especially to just do the job and have to decipher you know this area or that area or who did what where it happened I mean there's just so much that goes into it
1: oh there is you know you you have to you know a lot of people get frustrated with animal control you know and you've always heard the saying you got to pick and choose your battles and that's kind of it is what it is with animal control you know some of these battles we can fight them and we know we're not gonna win them and there's battles that we're gonna fight you know because they're winnable and then you have the battles that you have to fight even if you don't think you can win. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it hard. You have to decide that. You know, and sometimes people see you walk away from a situation and, th- and they think you're walking away from it because you don't care. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to walk away from a situation because another agency has an investigation going on mm-hmm.
0: with that. Yeah. And
1: they've asked you to step aside and let them handle their investigation. And, but, you know, and sometimes you have to do that, you know.
0: Yeah. What do you wish that people knew about animal shelters and animal control officers?
1: I wish they knew about animal shelters, that all animal shelters aren't just picking dogs up, bringing them in and killing them in seven days, mm-hmm. that there's a lot of good stuff that go on in animal shelters. And animal control officers, I wish they understood that we're out there to help people. We're not out there to harm them. We're there to mm-hmm. help them, the animals, and make sure that it all works together. You know, we... I spend a lot of time working with people who are down on their luck. You know, we, we've loaned people kennels, you know, we've bought them dog food, you know, mm-hmm. we've gotten people dog houses. So we're not bad people, we're, ju- we're, just, we're just sent to bad situations, yeah. you know, so that's, I wish people would understand that.
0: Yeah. How can people get more involved or um, help out more?
1: Fostering is a good way to help out. Um, Donations. I mean if you got an old dog house, you know, that's decent, can still be used, bring it here. We can find somebody that, you know, can use it. Um, you know, dog food, any kind of cleaning supplies, you know, that type stuff. A lot of people can't foster, they can't have a dog, but there's other ways they can help. They come here walk dogs, play with cats, you know, there's mm-hmm. several things they can do to help out.
0: Okay. Um why do you keep doing it?
1: Honestly, yeah. I think I keep doing it because I'm afraid when I leave the next person behind me is just gonna come in and treat it as a paycheck yeah. and not care. Yeah. You know, I get paid on Friday. You know, when I took the job, to be honest, when I took the job, I loved animals, but I didn't know everything that went on. I didn't realize there was, the cruelty level, I didn't realize it existed as like it does in this area. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize what people do to dogs. Even wildlife, you know, it's it's, it's yeah. com- I say comical. It's not laughable. It's it's comical to me because people actually do this thing and they get a kick out of it. Yeah. You know, I've had, I've had people stomp possums to death and put videos on Facebook. You know,
0: yeah. and they think
1: that's funny. I, I yeah
0: I, I don't know how you do it.
1: Well, you know, you know, and some of this stuff it might take me. You know, I I, I tell everybody that hires in, they stress out over something. I always tell them, calm down. We'll catch them. And ninety-nine percent of the time, knock on wood, we have it maybe two or three months down the road. But the person, like the the people that stomped the possum to death, they made one person mad. Mm-hmm. That person made one phone call and walked through the door of the shelter and sh- had a video. I went straight to their house. You know, everybody wow. got arrested. Wow. You know, and that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's just you know you see burnt dogs. You mm-hmm. see you know the, the 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 cats that people kill. You know it's, it's you know poison dogs. Um, mm-hmm. Wildlife that people shoot and like lay, like, you know, or, or dogs that they have fought and just threw out on the side of the road that's almost dead, you know. Yeah. So I've seen, I've seen, I've seen pretty much everything you could see.
0: Yeah.
1: I say that, and then I come up on the next thing, and it's yeah.
0: Right.
1: I just don't think I, I can't imagine seeing anything worse than what I've seen, but I'm sure it's out there. Right.
0: Well, thank you for what you do. I know it's such a hard job and i mean i'm just a volunteer and i see some of the hard stuff that comes through here so i could not imagine some of the stuff that you actually go out and see so thank you for what you do
1: oh no you you, you we appreciate you guys I mean you, I mean you you help our shelter out of time your husband helps i mean you guys do y'all really do
0: we try <laughs> y'all do and, you know
1: so yeah i appreciate you giving us this time too yeah really do.
0: yeah thank you for joining me anthony oh, yes ma'am
1: maybe that helps you dear.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the animal rescue podcast if you like what you hear please rate review and subscribe and tell your friends thank you